So, what's up, man? Not too much, dude. How are you? I'm I'm all right. Just yeah. uh, just making it happen, you know. Taking a day at a time, as we all do. That's how life works. Yep. One one day at a time. That's how it is in Nashville, right? Yeah. Let me take this. Let me uh, put my phone on silent or whatever. All right, brother. Right, you just hang up the hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're good. Fuck. Elliot, thanks for coming on, living the dream. And uh, I appreciate you asking me. Dude, absolutely, man. I appreciate you just uh, you uh, you let me on your round. I don't know, probably like a month or two ago. I don't know, fucking time flies down here. Um, and it was cool. How'd you get that started, man? So I moved to Nashville in, uh, I moved to Nashville, uh, last August. And when I was coming here, it was originally, I'm sorry, man, you can move your chair and shit too. I just, we, we can make it more (laughs) to like, if you want, just, yeah, I'll bring this over this way. Should be good. Whatever you want, man. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. No, you're good. All right. Cool. So, moved to Nashville in August. Wanted to make something happen. Uh, We were doing events in Texas, mostly in Dallas. Who's we? Uh, Country Connected. So, Country Connected was started as a bit of a combo between what I would consider like a a lifestyle type brand as well as... uh, a promotional alley for artists um, that are up and coming as well as people that we hear all the time in order to give them a space to play, whether that be, you know, a big show or a special event or really anything. We try to collaborate everything together and and help people book artists um, and, and find different talent, especially in a place like Nashville where you have so many independent artists. Um, You know, it was important for me to come here, but, live music in Texas is so different than it is in Nashville. Um, and, and there is the, I think there used to be this idea that Texas country wants is, you know, to stay as far away as possible from Nashville. And I think that gap has closed a lot. Um, well, that's cause money. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it. it's crazy. You look at some of these guys in Texas and they can play 250 shows a year and never leave Texas. Yeah. And it, it's really its own thing. But the, the collaboration I've seen recently has been, you know, way more. It, it's just good to see people coming to Nashville, staying in Nashville, wanting to record here. And could you do this for me? I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you. But yeah. Get that just. Yeah. Perfect. That's great. Yeah. So I, I think that was just kind of. Um, something that we wanted to do was help bridge the gap there and show people that we can put on a live performance and be trusted with booking the right talent and people will come to where you are. So the idea was a traveling music tour. Um, and what we've done so far is, you know, starting the writers round every Monday at Doghouse um, really helped us with not only giving people a platform to play, but also giving us an opportunity to hear people and, better gauge who we should book for our events um a lot of it just comes with energy and and i think we've been very lucky with our you know just blessed with the people that have wanted to play and get involved because we found so many people so we don't 
you know, that that's been our big thing since coming here with country connected. And now we've branched out. We're doing a show that I just announced this morning, um, November 3rd in Prattville, Alabama. So that's going to be our first event in Alabama. Um, you know, full band show tickets, everything. Oh, um, so we've got Garrett Biggs full band headlining the show and, uh, your buddy Jake Coates opening up the night. So it's a cool opportunity, especially for someone, you know, we met Jake the same night, um, at the round and yeah, I think it was something where he wanted, you know, Elaine to, to be able to perform and, you know, he's been very good with us and, and we're just excited to, to bring that, you know, bring a ticketed event to, you know, jumpstart that for him. So it's been really cool seeing everybody wearing the hats, wearing the merch. Um, I see it all the time on Instagram and it just makes you happy because we're not doing it for the same reasons that a lot of the promoters are doing it. I don't consider myself a promoter. I consider myself more of like a friend first with a business mind. So, oh yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's how business is done, man. Yeah. I, I really do believe that there's something missing in music when it comes to personal connection, as opposed to the guy that'll call you and offer you money. And, uh, I think that's where we lose a lot of people and we've lost a lot of people signing deals because now they're just used to picking up the phone and they don't know who they're talking to. They just trust it. So I like putting a, a face to the brand. And that's important. Now, did you, how did Country Connected get started? <laughs> Man, so it's a little bit of a loaded question. So I've done a little bit of everything. Uh, I, you know, I've done, I started out uh, really working in the sports world. And that was, that was what I know. Um, I was working, when I first got to college, I knew I wanted to be in sports in one way or another. And I was going to, you know, try my best to get involved where I could. So, uh, internships were a big thing for me. My first job, my first official job in college was, uh, I was a personal assistant for Bobby Valentine. So, you know, he was the manager of the Red Sox manager of the Mets. Um, it was an incredible experience where you would go into work every day and didn't know if you were, you know, going to get a cup of coffee or you were going to meet somebody that you never thought you would. Mm. It was pretty incredible. So I started out doing that and I was like, the agency world is something that I just want to be involved in. How'd you get into that? So, um, originally I'm from Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. so is Bobby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I played <laughs> hockey growing up. So like Connecticut, Boston, Massachusetts, all that. Is, yeah. Uh, I'm from Pennsylvania. So that East coast grind is all yep. I, get it, I get it. Bro. Big on hockey, but I, I know, uh, you know, Bobby's from Connecticut as well. He just ran for mayor. Um, yeah. yeah. you know, Bobby is just a figure, um, that I've been blessed throughout my, you know, throughout my life to have a connection with. And he's been a mentor for me, um, throughout a lot of my career. And he's helped me, you know, from there, I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I took a second internship interning for uh, a company called TLA Worldwide. Um, they were the number two. I feel like I've heard of them. Let's yeah, they were number two for baseball. So they okay. had a ton of baseball clients. Took that job um, and I went to New York and commuted four hours a day. Um, like two hours, two hours or four, yeah. one way. No, two okay. hours. So I would, you know, from five, Connecticut. I see. Yeah. yeah. Five o'clock, five thirty. train, get home at nine or 10 
it was it was a long thing and i realized through that experience i'm really lucky that i got that experience that a lot of people don't um but i realized that i could do it myself i i didn't want to get paid i didn't want to get paid for my contacts i wanted to be able to get in there and and i you know while i was an intern we were able to you know execute a three-year deal um with a professional golfer and and that went really well but i looked at it as do i want to sell my contacts or do i want to be able to utilize them the way that i want to and i went from there and i started my own sports agency um the golf one no so oh, okay. so we we represent uh so merger sports is is the uh sports agency that me and my business partner have and we work primarily in the ufc um so we've worked with tony ferguson sean o'malley Damn, you got a few UFC guys around here. Yeah, yeah. There's Actually, a f- in Hermitage, there's a few. Yeah. There's a few guys out here, and it's definitely growing. Uh, it's growing everywhere. But but our whole goal throughout everything we've done, and I guess just kind of bringing everything together, is like we want to get in places where we can do something ourselves from the ground up. And I think that relates a lot with country music right now as it does to the UFC. The UFC is the fastest growing sport worldwide. No kidding. Yeah. In terms of like, you know, obviously with combat sports, it's the biggest thing worldwide. So, so it's like, we, we know where we need to be, but it's about just knowing the right people and getting the right opportunities. And as cliche as it is, it's everything's about who, you know, so I feel like I've learned more in my three years of starting my own businesses than I ever would have in my four years of college. And, and, and you know, I, I graduated from college and I loved it. But what did you go to college for? Uh, I went to college for sports management. I minored in business. Uh, I went to Southern Methodist University in Dallas. Um, did you uh, go in playing a sport or like how do you choose Dallas or Texas? Well, <laughs> it was the best school I got into. Um, that's really what happened. Once I got in, it was like, didn't really have a choice. Um, I applied to like, I was between like SMU, Georgia, Tennessee. I, I just, I wanted to get away a little bit you from, go down from south, home. man. Yeah. Yeah. I just enjoyed it. When I went to visit Tennessee, when I went to visit Georgia, I felt like it was something a little different that I just wanted to, uh, I feel like everyone needs to experience different living, different places. Dude, just from. I mean, just from the East Coast, the North, that North Atlantic, uh, from the South, it's a game changer. Yeah, it's so it's nice, man. It's nice. so I can see anybody. I think anybody from the North should really experience the South, not the Midwest, like that Northern Atlantic. Go down to South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, like whatever, and just get a feel for it because you're gonna be yeah. like, this is much better than what I'm living up there. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's a different lifestyle. And I know people say it a lot, but I don't think it's a hard thing to get used to. I think growing up, it was, I mean, moving down there, it's just different level of like, people are saying hi to each other. There's respect. There's, there's a little bit more than just rushing throughout your day. And, 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 you know, you know, like it's just, uh, it's different. And, you know, when I moved to Dallas, I lived there for almost eight years. And, you know, that's what allowed me to start all the stuff that I have thus far. And, you know, I consider that home as well. I mean, those are my when I, I do more shows there than I do anywhere else. And, and everyone's just super supportive of what I've done, whether it be 
any event, you know, with the MMA stuff, with whatever. I mean, I've always got a place to go, and that's that's something I've always been appreciative of. Dude, let me ask you a question, uh, which is what I'm going to do all the all the time that we're here. So yeah. I don't know if I got that. <laughs> what uh, what your parents do growing up? Like, what was what was growing up in Connecticut like? Growing up in Connecticut was, I mean, it was a good good upbringing. I enjoyed it. Uh, very, you know, we have a small town. I graduated in a class of 140 public school. Um, so it wasn't anything big. Uh, I went for a year of high school. I went to a smaller school and about 30 minutes away from my house and 22 kids in my class. So I had to leave that pretty quick. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get much choice when you're there. Um, so yeah, I, I ended up going back to my old school, my public school, which is, you know, one, Connecticut has really good schools. So just the upbringing was good. Um, my mom stayed at home and took care. I have two sisters. Um, and my dad was involved in a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, he did motorsports and, and different stuff, but growing up, he, he would, uh, <clears throat> motorsports was like a big thing for him, which got me involved in a weird way. It was actually, I, when I went to graduate college, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and I was looking around and, and, uh, one of the opportunities was at the Texas motor speedway with, Ah. with, uh, a driver in the Xfinity series. His name is Gray Galding. Shout out Gray. He's my homie. Um, (laughs) but that was my first job out of college was, uh, I was on the road with him every week. I was finding sponsors for the car tire money anything you could get um and it's a small team but the kid is super talented and and he's still you know chipping away and grinding and you know uh just super grateful for that experience him and his family are great people so so your dad when you say i didn't tell my dad actually when i accepted that job oh so i went to interview for it not expecting necessarily for much to come of it other than an introduction and i left that day saying that that's what I'll be there next weekend. Um, so I, I went out to the Poconos. Um, yeah. And that was my first experience, uh, was the race up there and spent the weekend with them. And I don't know, it was just something that really gave me a lot of experience. It was, you know, it was just something important, but I told my dad and my dad was like, you know, it just kind of seemed to come full circle because that's something that was always a passion of his. Um, and it was just kind of cool being able to tell him that that's something that I was doing. Cause honestly I knew nothing about NASCAR when I took that job. <laughs> like, like you couldn't, I had to learn from the first day, but I've been telling you like two, two and a half, three weeks into it. I feel like I, you knew it all. I was one of them. You, you're yeah. <laughs> and it's just because when I get my hands on something, I just, I want to learn everything about it. Plus, know? I mean, dude, uh, the that motorsports I, I was curious what you meant by motorsports because there's in pennsylvania there's a lot of uh dirt track racing right and fuck man they have some good racers yeah right, right in central pa which is where we're from it's huge it's one if you don't know about dirt track racing you just don't get it but yeah uh and that's something too a lot of people don't realize and i guess i'll give my little <clears throat> spiel on it is like nascar People, uh, people are very quick to look at the, the, you know, leaderboard and the finisher and, and where everyone's finishing, but they don't realize the grind and the struggle behind it. 
and the guys who are finishing, you know, 25, 35, whatever that people don't necessarily know are the ones that are out there every weekend, busting their ass, just trying to get in the car and and people don't realize how talented they are. It's just about the money and it's a money sport. And so that's, that's something a lot of people don't realize it's, so there's a lot of money in there and a it's lot like of sponsors boat, that aren't real. So it's like a boat. You just throw money yeah. into this shit and you're like, eh. seriously, I mean, it costs a lot of money every week. And you know, some people are very lucky to have families that can afford for them to race every week. And then other people are out there, you know, busting their ass, working yeah. a job, doing stuff on the side. That's something great picked up, which I thought was really cool is he actually plays music now. Oh, shit. so he's been gigging around Charlotte and you know, Dude, uh, something that's really, I, I mean, I think relatable in music and in racing is, is the team. Right. You got to, it, it takes a while, but <clears throat> you got to build a team that you can trust. And you go through teammates and, you know, managers, whatever, all the time in both industries. But it's cool. <laughs> like you were talking about the grind. It's a legit grind. It's a, it reminds me a lot. I mean, there's so many applicable other sports like the rodeo. Is a big one. A road is a, it's a fucking, but yeah, that's a grind, man. It's a yeah, grind. for sure. But it just teaches you a lot. And now we're here. I have, you know, the sports stuff. I have country connected. And then we have a little golf brand, 420 Golf Co. Yes. Uh, where we just make, you know, products, golf balls that are grinders, stash balls, one hitters, golf no, tees. You don't even smoke, man. I, I, <laughs> I dabble. <laughs> Uh, I'm not... I saw your golf thing. I was like, oh, all right, he probably smokes. I was like, I reached out and I was like, hey, do you want to smoke a little bit? And you're like, maybe at night. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm kind of one of those people where, I don't know. It's just for me, sometimes it's an anxiety thing, I guess. Do you, Wait, you get anxiety I when do. you smoke? Yeah. When you smoke? No oh, shit. That's Depending on the situation, honestly. It's just if if it's not, I don't know. I think a lot of people are like that. If it's not necessarily like. I don't know. I like the comfortability of my home and like being like, yeah. I, I don't like being in public or anything like that. Have so. you, have you ever, have you done it at home and then gone out before? Like gone out to the bars Wherever. or like gone out? Yeah. 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 yeah that that I, like, something just flipped right. for me about like three years ago. No shit. Yeah. I used to, I used to not care. I would just do whatever. And then I don't know. It's just I, I think everybody reacts to it a little differently. But yeah, we shout out 420 Golf Co. Yeah, what what I, I promise I smoke. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh? So what? When did you start? Have you ever? When did you start smoking? And did you ever? Or when did you start getting anxiety with it? Like three years ago, you said. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's just I don't do it often. No, that's not it. Because it. it, it um, I just, I've never drank still, but yeah. I've also, I've only started smoking like a little bit ago. And, uh, I mean, I don't, th- I think it's probably the headspace that, that you got, that you were in at that time. Usually that's how it works. I yeah. I think. I don't know. Uh, you ever ask your girlfriend? No. No? She, do- she doesn't smoke, so. It's interesting, man. I uh, mean, I just, I don't, I don't know. I've, I think I've realized a lot through working in that industry too though a lot of the people that are working in that industry don't and i think it's kind of interesting a lot of the guys who are running the companies who are fronting are are really not in into it they're 
I think they have a time and place. They under, they have that time management. Now my oh. business partner, <laughs> my business partner, like he's one of those guys where he like gets energy from it and that's his thing. Like, Oh dude, that's fucking Lauren, man. That's how but he works. We'll smoke know, so. and she'll want to clean the house or some shit. She cannot sit still. And I'm just, I'm usually more relaxed, but it, it takes my anxiety and just throws yeah. it over there. It's awesome. It's interesting. Everybody, I, I just feel like everyone's different. different For that. sure. Yeah. yeah. Have you done edibles? Yeah. yeah. I, I've done, I mean, you seem nervous talking about it. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I, I didn't not, know if you want to like, yeah. No, I, I just think that, uh, I don't know. It just depends on where I'm at. Like, yeah. For me, it's just one of those things where if I want to relax, go to bed or like watch a movie, that's something that Put I enjoy. Put you right to sleep. Oh yeah. But yeah. if I'm like going out and trying to like promote something or be, you know, be talking to a lot of people, I prefer not to. Do you, uh, do you prefer a buzz, like an alcoholic buzz? Yeah, for sure. Really? What's that? What does that do for you? Does that, I know it calls it like that, that, that lubrication does it like loosen you up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I think, I don't know. I mean, for me, I've just, I just enjoy like partying yeah. and, and being oh, out. Yeah. And I think it's more of a, I think it's more of an energy thing than it would be like a feeling. Like, I, I think there's just like, to me, if I were to like go out and smoke, like I'd be in the corner, like hanging out, you know? And I think that a lot of the reason that things have happened the way that they've happened is because you got to like, I put myself in a position to talk to people, whether there's alcohol or not alcohol, yeah. but with, with weed, I feel like that would be, that would make me less inclined to talk. That to takes people. you the opposite way that you want to go. Right. Yeah, like I'd rather, I'd rather just be sober and go meet people at a bar. Fuck yeah. You know, cause I, I think that's important. I think a lot of people, especially living here in Nashville and it's something that you realize really quickly, you can't do it every night. Um, and there's a lot of people that do. So, so like, learning where your limit is is something that'll take you a little bit of time and it took me a little bit of time but like that's just something i've definitely been trying to dial back is just realize that you don't need to be everywhere all the time oh dude that's you know? a great yeah that's a great mindset you just you don't i mean I, I get more genuine conversation out of not seeing people for two weeks than i do seeing them every night if i see them every night it's a hey how are you yeah you know if it's a couple of weeks, it's like, what's, what's coming up next. And that's, what's important to me is like the journey. And I think the journey you need to like have people wondering, you oh, know, fuck yeah, man. I'm all about that. I'm yeah. all about the journey, <laughs> not the destination. Right. It took me, I mean, the first time I heard that was actually, do you remember the show American Pickers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I ever heard that saying. And I was like, fuck, I was like 20. I was like, fuck, I love that saying. Right. It took me a minute to understand it. Still understanding it throughout the day or, you know, throughout my years, just trying to get it. The journey is tough. The journey is a long time. It is. And, and it's just, it's different for everybody because some people have time to like, or not even time, but the opportunity to, to really spend all your time building something. And other yeah. people have to take time to, just make space for it to figure out, you know, like there's a difference between being able to go out and just be a go-getter and somebody who doesn't have the resources to do that. 
And, and you know, I think that's important yeah. too, is like some people are so focused by the time they get home from a day job, the last thing they want to do is get, get back to work. And I think that's important too, is you just have to realize like where you want to be and this is only temporary, you know? So <laughs> we're, we're going to be, it's going to be an exciting thing to see everybody just grow together. And that's, what's so cool about doing what we do right now. You just never know. Something could happen next week. And, and yeah, it's very true. You just don't know. So, so you, so you go, so after college, yeah. wait, did you get the, uh, the Xfinity gig, um, before post college post college okay yeah right so when you, i graduated so you went to went down to dallas right is that where that yep. is okay and uh did country connect it start there yes in college no okay. no so we started country connected uh last july no shit okay yeah so it's the newest newest thing that i have uh the other two gigs 420 golf and Merger Sports are with a business partner, Ted Morgan, who I went to school with, fraternity brother of mine. Um, and we started that. And the, we both have our own side projects. Yeah. He has dispensaries in Montana. He has a house out there. He's kind of growing his business that way. I have my stuff on the music side. Um, so everything kind of seems to overlap sometimes. But uh, Country Connected was started as like my, my real project for myself. Um, last July... And we do, we've been doing events. It started at a, a backyard barbecue place called Ferris Wheelers, uh, which is in uh, Market Center area of Dallas. And, you know, they gave me so many opportunities with the UFC. We would do watch parties there. I've done so oh, many sweet. events throughout college <laughs> and throughout, you know, graduating college with those guys. And um, it's just a great venue. So they gave me a place and, the, you know, I still have you know, I'm just booking the country side of things, um, there and, you know, selling tickets, doing events there. Last one we had was with Tyler Braden. Um, oh dude, what a voice he has. He's incredible, man. And a writer. Every yeah. time I hear fucking songs, I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah. That was an awesome show. And it was really cool. We got to do it as a, um, first responders event. Um, uh, that's sweet. So it, it's just cool. We're, we're able to attach different things. We have, Man, we just, it seems like every day something new is popping up, which is really cool because we want to be doing as much as we can. It's just really hard sometimes when people ask, you know, what we do because Country Connected to me is supposed to be a lifestyle brand. Like we want to be a household name and not necessarily, I don't, I don't like being considered a promoter. You know, I, I want people to be able to go somewhere, camp out in the middle of nowhere for, you know, three days and, you know, know that they can trust us with the music. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how soon we're heading that direction, because right now we're just enjoying doing these events, doing ticketed stuff, um, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, but it's all going to come together Um you know, at some point, and that's a big part of why I think it's just cool seeing everyone rocking the merch. And but we just uh, picked up a new gig on my drive here, actually. No shit. So we're gonna be doing every Wednesday jams at Joyride. So Ooh, where's that? We're starting a writers round at Joyride. If never been familiar. there. So they're the ones that do the uh, the tours on the golf carts, the monster trucks. Um, 
and they have an oh through in the city yeah okay and they have a they have where their headquarters is where everybody leaves from their tours they built out a full stage and a bar um so we're gonna go in there starting next wednesday um jams at joyride presented by country connected um and we're just gonna be doing a little writers round for whether it's you know the guys who are in town that that come and use their service or you know local people that want to come out and support um it's just another thing for us to pick up and and uh you know i I was talking about it earlier it's one of those things where it's difficult because i don't want to pick up something we get asked to do a lot of stuff but i I don't feel comfortable unless i can give a hundred percent and and that's something that I think is really cool is being able to start something that nobody else has done. Um, so as long as we can put 100% into an event or promoting it or whatever, at the end of the day, we're happy. And we hope everyone else involved is happy too. I mean, I hear so many stories and, you know, you know, being an artist, like you go on the road and these people aren't really well taken care of. They're asked to be somewhere you know, it's not necessarily always the nicest people. And like, that's something I think we've really tried to change is, you know, we're really flexible, but we go above and beyond in like hospitality and whoever's working it, because the reality of it is nobody has to play your shit. You know, that's up to the artist because it's their music. It's what they do. And if they say, yes, you should be appreciative instead of, you know, using them as a resource to get money. So I I think that's important too. Um, just the respect factor that you have to have. Yeah, there's a weird I don't know if it's an old an old way of thinking about it, but I mean in general it comes down to business either way, right? Like yeah. If you if you're having somebody come into play shows, you want to make sure that they can make your bar or your venue money. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but it's a it's a it's a tricky business sometimes, you know? Yeah, and I, I think that that's where people don't necessarily understand. As a promoter being a middleman, and mm. I'm just saying this from my perspective, the money, you know, where I would like to be in the next year and a half is uh, have my own venue. Um, that's something I've been looking at recently. Um, have my own concert venue and be able to run it with a good staff, people that know what they're doing and, you know, Ferris Wheelers is a good example of something that I would model my business off of um, just in terms of the staff and, and everybody there is all in on the concept. Um, but I just think that having my own thing because you you can book an artist, they can bring people, people want to see live music, but the money, a lot of the money is coming from food and drinks. So, you know, the reality of it is, uh, you know, however you set your deals up, it you don't want to be too greedy and sometimes you feel like you could be doing better if you're doing it on your own um that's something i've always felt though i don't like i don't like being a middleman so no i get soon there will be an opportunity for us to have our own venue um what would you call it oh man that's we're not there yet (laughs) we're just you know country fried connected I think we'll pick some of those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's tough. I there, I don't know. We'll get there. It's yeah. on the drawing board, but first we gotta round up the money. So yeah, <laughs> what got you into uh, the country music thing? 
I mean, growing up, that was kind of what me and a lot of, you know, me and my friends listened to. Um, but I think it kind of came full circle because I, I feel like with everybody, like you ask someone, what kind of music do you like? And they're like everything. Um, I hate that answer. Uh, <laughs> cause it's just not true. Um, really? I don't think anybody likes everything. It's just not possible. Um, I, mean, I hate, I hate the corn song. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> it's corn. <laughs> that one. Yeah. The kid's great. The song sucks. Whoever produced it. Um, no, I, so I was, I was definitely country music was my thing. I didn't listen to a lot of like hip hop and stuff growing up. I actually, I think just like a lot of people here, especially I started out listening to like a lot of alternative music. Um, when I really got into music, cause I feel like growing up, I didn't really hit like, I, like I wasn't listening to music all the time until I was like middle school. And I feel like that's when I was like going like, you know, pretending to be like emo and shit. So yeah. When you say alternative, what, what name some band? So the first, well, I'll just start the first show I ever saw. Actually, the first concert was Aerosmith. That was sick. So that kind of got me like hooked. Um, and then when it comes to alternative, I don't know, man, I listened to like, we the Kings, All Time Low, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, okay, um, Fallout Boy, Switchfoot, yeah. So the punk scene, Nickelback, shout yeah. out Nickelback, punk pop. I mean, dude, Nickelback. I'd love to see Nickelback in concert, even man. though they're not alternative. But Nickelback is just. I mean, I feel bad. I actually saw a documentary that like outlines why people don't like them. Why is it? Uh, from what I understand, it had to do with like a domestic abuse situation from one of the members, and uh, it turned into people just being like "fuck Nickelback." So, really, yeah, I don't think anybody ever actually disliked Nickelback because, I mean, they still have the number one song streams wise, I believe. There's no way. How you remind me? I think it's still number one. There's no way, and I'm, I'm gonna tell you why because Ed Sheeran. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just heard this was a while back that I looked into it, but there's actually like a full documentary on it. Oh man, dude! I don't remember the reason. It was a while ago, but well, I don't know about so. Any don't of quote that. me on. But that's <laughs> if like your Nickelback. Don't sue me. That's like saying people people hate uh, Kobe Bryant because he raped some young girl, or because the R. Kelly peed on some girl. Like, I mean, I think art. Yeah, all that. Like, okay, I get it. Totally fair. I think most people don't like R. Kelly, though. Yeah, I don't know. After really, that. I, well, yeah, he had kind of a blowout, for sure. Just because, like, it's R. Kelly. There, I saw it. Do you know R. Kelly and Usher have have a song that's called Same Girl? Okay. Yeah, I like where we're going with it. Do, do you, have you ever heard of it? I haven't heard it, no. Same girl, same girl. It's R. Kelly and Usher. And then somebody made a TikTok like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> you know, like. Usher, how how young was this girl? Man, people are ruthless, especially ever oh, since man. TikTok. But when you it. were, I don't know, how old are you? Thirty. You how might. You? I'm 26. Do you did you have when you were living in Pennsylvania? Did you guys use something called Yik Yak? Oh man, no, but yes, like it. It came out, but like that thing was ruthless. Dude. What was it? You would literally be able to anonymously post anything about 
anybody. And it just, nobody knew who it was, but all you could do is upvote it or downvote it. Oh, kind of like, like Reddit? Yeah, but when you're in high school, everyone just shit on each other. Oh, yeah. When you got to college, it was funny because people could just post about, you know, party at this frat house and there's nothing going on or like, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But like when it was, when it was uh, high school, it was just ruthless. It was na- like first, last name, oh, like shit. did this. And it's like, damn. So I think we kind of got like everything from there. And then now it's just like TikTok. You can kind of do anything. Dude, I think uh, I think the more people like the more people get called out for doing stupid shit, not necessarily uh, harmless shit, eh, whatever, but like stupid shit that uh, that it, I think it's good. More people need to get called out. Yeah, like, and repercussions need to happen. Like man. somebody told me the other day, and I think this is really true. Is like half the shit would stop if people if more people have been punched in the face dude like there's just no repercussions for what anybody does and if you've ever actually been punched in the face like it sucks yeah so it's like most people just wouldn't do it again yeah absolutely my but we should just like line people up and be like all right well i think that's the importance of what a you know, not getting trophies all the fucking time, understanding yep. that a loss is a loss and, uh, putting kids in, you know, physical sports, mm-hmm. uh, man, I, and like competitive dance, competitive dance. <laughs> Don't joke about that. That's hard That's, stuff. They dedicate. I, I know you did. They, that. <laughs> you think I dance? The fact I that you, you think dance. the thing, the thing, the fact that you think I can dance, uh, I just want to say thank you. Yeah, no worries. I got that. I guess I got that body type, uh, but I, yeah, I, I can't fucking. We, uh, when we went to, well, I guess I was in the military and my buddies were in college. We went to, uh, we went out what we called white boy dancing down in Pennsylvania. We would just go out on the weekends, go white boy dancing, have some fun. Girls loved it, man. I don't know what it was, but they did. It's because you're just confident in the fact that you suck. Yeah. That's the reality of it. Like, if if you're able to make fun of yourself and just have a good time, like, that's all anyone could ask for. Man, yeah, we only we're only living once, man. That's yeah. We like to have a good time at the rounds. We don't really. We don't. We don't really care. How'd you uh, end up? So you started out in Dallas. Yeah. How'd you end up moving to Nashville? Like, other than the fact that, like, oh yeah, it's fucking country music. It's in Nashville. But is there any other reason? I mean, in terms of why I moved here, no, because it's kind of how I felt. I I just needed to be here. Um, how I came to it, though, I was coming here like once every other month for like a year. Just like for business or just to hang out? A little bit of both. It's a fun place to come, but I didn't know anything about it really until I moved here. But... I kind of like had a few people that I had gone back and forth with music, like music wise through Instagram and stuff that, um, you know, I would meet up with, with whenever I came to town, uh, Garrett Biggs being one of them. Um, and so it was actually kind of a funny story. We were, I had me and my friend had got tickets to go and this was right around when I was starting country connected. We, we got tickets to go to the Gulf coast jam in, and, uh, PCB. 
and we went into this bar after uh called newbies and uh one of my buddies now clayton shea was playing that night because he was down there as one of the guys who was nominated for um i guess it was like a competition where if you win the competition with your music you get to play at the festival oh okay so after the show i just kind of spoke to him and we ended up hanging out and whatever uh after he was done at newbies and they handed me the the bluetooth and they were like yeah you can just like play whatever you want so i threw on a garrett big song right oh, cool. and i didn't know much about the way that nashville worked in, in, at the time in terms of like you know hired guns and whatever for your band so um i put the song on and his guitarist was like you know garrett biggs and i was like yeah and he's like yeah i play guitar for him Oh, so shit. everything just kind of came full circle. And then it was just funny. We all became friends, whatever. And I ended up moving to Nashville the week after. Damn. Um, it was just crazy. Uh, just, I don't know. But it, it's cool. I feel like Nashville is a very open, welcoming community. And like people like Clayton and Garrett and other friends of mine introduced me to a lot of people um, right when I moved here. And I think that just helped me get adjusted to everything. Yeah, for sure. Because it really is one of those things. Like I, I was going out like every night and I just couldn't do it anymore. And I, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> so, so it's just like, I'm glad I got to know everybody as quick as I did. So I could take a break. Um, yeah. Cause I, I feel comfortable with where we're at and, and who we know. And, and there's a lot of people that I want to give opportunities to coming forward. And like, I, I just feel comfortable. Um, yeah. Not having to do that every night, but uh, I do recommend if you do just if anyone decides to move here, I think it's important to find a balance of like going out and networking with people and also knowing that you don't have to go out and drink every night. So, yeah, that's a, a lot of point. people here are sober too. That's yeah, so. my buddy uh, that moved down from Pennsylvania, Joe Nestor, he plays bass like very frequently with uh garrett biggs yeah yeah it's cool dude yeah. he was there when you guys hosted uh at rusty nail garrett biggs was there right yeah yeah, yeah it was his uh <laughs> it was his single music. release never have i ever music oh, video music video right yeah yeah that's pretty cool yeah what Garrett's you, a good buddy so you moved here was it coincidence like a week after that you moved here when you're like you're down there at PCB, and then you're like, uh, I didn't move here because, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it, like yeah. it was I, just it just happened to happen like that, and it was cool because like in that moment I could be like, hey, like I'm moving there next week, like let's do something so I can learn the town, and then it's just I think people are very quick to like, hey, this is my buddy, whoever, this is this person, this is, and, and it's funny, dude, like you never know who you're gonna meet here, um, yeah. Yeah, I just think there there's so many people in Nashville, um, especially not even in the country music world, but just a lot of a lot of people that you would have no idea live here. Yeah, um, all across different like jobs and shit. And I mean. think there's a sense, at least I get the sense that Nashville is a super uh, they they prioritize privacy. I feel like like people don't just go up to you and bother you. Um, people are pretty respectful. Unless you're a tourist. So if you are a tourist, I would recommend you don't do that. That's interesting. And I, somebody told me, I don't know if this is true, but apparently in Nashville, you're not allowed to have paparazzi. 
I don't know. That's a great I've question. Never I've seen, noticed that too. Yeah. I thought it was because the country music, the country music industry is uh, very welcoming. I thought, I don't know to be sure, but to me it was the lifestyle between LA and Nashville where, where a lot of the country guys are more humble and thankful. So they're like, yeah, fucking take my picture. Let's go. Let's round it up. And then, so it doesn't really bother them where like paparazzi, yeah. they do a good job of getting people in vulnerable moments, you know, when like, every- but I, I feel like, so somebody did tell me that there's a, that I guess they've outlawed paparazzi within city limits. Don't know if it's true at all. That's very interesting, but it does kind of make sense to me because I feel like paparazzi yeah. would be all over the bar scene here because that's where people are most vulnerable and people make stupid decisions when it comes to like, you know, do you mean fans like, and whatever, because well, they're drunk. Do you so. mean, uh, do you mean where people as in like the singers are vulnerable or like just the, the people that go downtown? No, the singers. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I do know people that are like, I don't yeah. want to go to Broadway because people will bother me. Yeah. But I just don't, I've never seen that. So I think that that's something if you are planning to move to Nashville or you're coming here to visit, I, I think you can expect to see people that you wouldn't normally see, especially during the week. But I think just advice wise, I would just be, you know, people, people here are very like chill about it and don't, I guess they're not used to like people just freaking out. It's just everyone, everyone kind of knows each other here. Have you ever been to Sonny's? Yeah. We were up there last night. Uh, A week ago, I played the uh, tour stop and, uh, and uh, this guy, Adam was telling me about. Uh, pitch meeting and I, I reached out the pitch meeting and they sent me you know like what you do and what and I was like cool this sounds cool never been there and my buddy's Tony well my guitarist Tony and this other guy Quincy was uh they were out and they're like we don't have shit to do I'm like do you guys want to go to Sonny's I've never been there on pitch night dude have you ever been there yeah on pitch meeting I don't know if I've been there for a pitch meeting night you would I've remember been to Sonny's dude. a bunch of times you'd remember it's fucking brilliant man yeah um can't remember anybody's name but let me tell you vape friendly on this podcast. Yeah, go ahead. But dude, how fucking insane it is to watch what happened, happen. It's just this, uh, this bass player, I I really should remember his name, but this bass player, it's his thing. Okay. (laughs) He put this band together and he brings people up on stage. It's basically like an open mic. Um, but you tell the bands either you have a sheet music for them. Yeah. They, ha- they have a whole ordeal. It's fucking. It's videotaped. It's recorded. They've got everything. It's so legit, man. Yeah, and I think I don't know if it's the same thing as pitch meeting, but I'm pretty sure, like people can just go up. I think there's a night where they just have the band there, and anybody can go up. It can be poetry. It can be anything. Mm. Um, which is an idea. Don't steal this idea. <laughs> but there was an idea that I had, and it was to do to start a bar called the Talking Stick, where you can go and you can rent a microphone, and the time is yours for X amount of time, and it can be anything from stand-up comedy to music to poetry, and everyone just kind of gets together and collaborates and creative. Like, you never know who you would meet there, you know. That's but when they so have the mic, everybody else just listens. That's an interesting idea. Dude, I'm going to take a piss. I'll be right back. All right. Hey, guys. 
great podcast here. We're back. Fucking, dude, I've been trying to, I don't know, man, like, I've been trying to eat healthier and shit, and uh, I uh, I went to school, get down, man. I went, well, I guess staying open, uh, I went to school for biochemistry, and I got in and out of it uh, with, like, just studying and, like, researching what everything's made of and you know what, what what all we put in our body man it's just like fuck uh i so i we've been i've been drinking so much water yeah and it just me too just goes yeah. right through i've been you, cooking a lot so it's yeah. just helped me with like not going out as much because it's really easy to fall into getting like a quick meal holy shit dude so it's definitely helped a lot and just exercise down here if you have the money you will you will not have the same meal at all ever yeah like it's not like uh i don't know where i'm from it's very like there's maybe there's change and there's maybe like five restaurants maybe five or four restaurants that like are original you know yeah, like family owned yeah dude but oh man have you ever what do you cook with do you i don't know if you look at anything but like do you do you ever cook with like uh extra olive oil extra virgin olive oil or anything i usually use avocado oil no shit that's good um, that's all yeah just because I've been, you know, trying to eat better. Um, but I use, like, regular olive oil. Um, yeah. You know, it just depends what I'm making. But I, I really enjoy cooking, and it's just something that, like, passes time for me. So I make a lot of different stuff, but I eat a lot of seafood. So I made, like, you know, salmon for, like, the next three days um, last night. And yeah. then, I don't know. I, I Recently, my girlfriend got me a Traeger. Um, Ooh. So I've been using that to like smoke meats and grill, and, Fuck yeah. you know, so it's been fun, especially now that football season started. Um, sometimes I'll just throw something on there and just wait till game time. And yeah. I sit there every weekend. I, I just went last weekend. I traveled out. I'm a huge Steelers fan. Really? So, yeah. So I traveled to Pittsburgh for the game last week. How, d- how did that happen? How did you become a Pittsburgh just fan? Just growing up, I was, I mean... Being in Connecticut, you don't really have a team. You either, people are either Giants, Jets, or Patriots. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just didn't want any of it. I just <laughs> I, I grew up watching the Steelers, and that was just my team. I'm diehard fan, but I like I I'm way more. A lot of people here are like way more into college football, and I just I love the NFL. Dude. So I, I love both. But if I were to like 
say where my loyalty is. Like I would go to the Steelers game every weekend if I could. And, you know, I I go to two to three games every year. So yeah. Do you like? Uh, do you like any? Are you diehard Pittsburgh all the way? Like Pirates, Penguins, Steelers. <laughs> so I'm a Penguins fan. Yeah. Um, but baseball, I'm a Red Sox fan. Okay. My my dad is as well. But yeah. I I grew up. My grandfather, um, you know, grew up there and and had like a you know a book of every player that was playing because he couldn't get into the games. He would sit outside and get their autographs after the game. Shit. That's and awesome. So I just grew up and I, I'll never forget like watching with him, watching the Yankees Red Sox when they came back. And I don't know, man, like it, it's just the Red Sox for me was like a big part of my childhood. So I, I've always been a Red Sox fan and then Penguins and Steelers for sure. Yeah. But hockey, I like I, I grew up loving hockey and I still do. It's just, I, Sometimes I just now I'm so busy I don't have the attention span to sit and watch every game. Um, no, not every game. Yeah, it's a long season, but with football, it's like you only get so much to enjoy it while you can. That's you know? true. No, that's a good point. I mean, 82 games compared to six, 17. Yeah, so yeah, so shit. But also, just like I think fantasy football changed everybody's mindset on football because. Now you're like invested in something and you don't want to look stupid every time you lose. So I feel like fantasy football like has got people even who don't know football. So yeah. like and I know we've we've definitely had a couple of people where it's like just funny, you know, funny stuff that happens if you lose the league or stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. One that I heard that's my favorite was he had his buddies whoever whoever lost had to go to the championship for the WNBA game and <laughs> sit, sit in the first row. And then all he had to be completely sober the whole game. And all of the other people in the league were right behind him, just trashed. Oh, my God. And and it's just funny, man. I, I saw, like, a barstool video where he went and interviewed people at the WNBA game. And it just pans up to, like, one guy in the crowd reading a newspaper. Isn't that the worst <laughs> when you, you're – your punishment is to go to a female sports game. <laughs> That's terrible. Dude. I'm a huge WNBA fan, though. Don't cancel me. No, you are not. Huge, dude. Name Connecticut three teams. Sun. Name three teams. <laughs> Connecticut Sun, Washington Mystics, LA Sparks. Okay. <laughs> I, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love it. The, it's, You know, you see it on TikTok where people are like, uh, you do believe the NBA, the WNBA should be p- paid the same amount? And they're like, yeah, of course. And they're like, okay, name three players. And they're like, yeah. Like, uh, you can they're, probably get away with like Emily Smith. Like you just name Smiths or Johnsons. It'll right. probably be close enough, you know? Yeah, I only know one, honestly. Skylar Diggins. But that's just because I don't know why. I feel, Are I feel there like any, she might have gone to UConn or something. I don't know. Obviously, women's basketball is kind of popular in Connecticut just because of UConn being so oh, dominant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not yeah, like yeah. I ever watched it. Um, I think it's just women's basketball, I think, in Connecticut is more competitive than most. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. I <laughs> That's, like, as far as my WNBA knowledge goes. Yeah, the, you probably are the top 5%, man, that can name any, any of that. I think I think people well I think right now the only reason I could name it I think is because I think the championships going on right now. 
So like when you turn on ESPN, it's the only thing unless it's football. Now, now hockey obviously started. Was that last night or Monday night? Hockey, uh, they might start their preseason in training camps, uh, but they don't start to October. Yeah, but but I think preseason, pre-season was Monday sure. night. Yeah, I just saw. Uh, I think it was Pittsburgh and somebody else. Yeah, they lost six two last night. Yeah, but this guy in Pittsburgh knocked the fuck out of this. Uh, can't remember they're in a fight and it just happens yeah. when you're going through training camp you got to earn your spot on the roster so you're like i gotta fight just show what i'm that i'm willing to do this and guy knocked him out like real bad and just felt bad it's, you don't see many knockouts in hockey but when you do you're like god damn yeah well it's tough because it's not even like fighting in itself is difficult when one person wants to go and the other guy won't take his helmet off but it's also difficult when like you're on ice <laughs> like it's not yeah. it's not that easy. Here dude, the the evolution of fighting in hockey is so crazy. From the nineties, yeah. You have these fucking like just meat cleavers for hands. Guys that are just fucking thick. Like the hockey players from the eighties, nineties to now, different people. Um mm-hmm. uh man, just back then they were a little thicker. I don't know how yeah, they else used to they- look more like Phil Castle. <laughs> little bit but more like their hands are just the fighters yeah. are fighters man that you saw there's a few guys that i coached again i used to coach junior hockey on the east coast and like these guys are all like the coaches that i'm like fuck it, these guys are huge just like yeah nice but like and you wouldn't assume them to be athletic at all but man they're just thick but it looked like they could literally the fighters could just like walk on the ice with skates just like they were just walking you know but yeah. now now it's a, I mean fighting's still a thing. Um, Rarely though, man. Like the refs break it up way more here, than they used yes, to. Yes, here is the issue: is that a lot, and they don't announce this, but they don't want any fights after the whistle. Right. They tell people if there's going to be a fight, it's got to be in between the whistles, or you know, during during right. the play. Um, and you can't take. You will rarely see somebody take their helmet off because I think they get a fine now if they really? take their yeah if it gets knocked off, it's okay. Um, back back when I played, we were actually uh, suspended another game if we took our own helmets off. So it was so stupid. So you had to go. You had just you had you literally had to be like, hey, we're gonna get close. You're gonna take my my strap off first, and then you pop each other's helmets off for if that's how you want the fight. But you could fight visor or whatever. But it's a, it's just it's yeah. stupid. It's a player safety issue, and I do understand. But man, it's part of the game. It, and if in, it's it's weird. But you see so much talent now coming. This fucking unbelievable talent in in hockey. It's yeah. It's unreal. We have to go to the game. Have you ever been to a Preds game? I have, yeah. I went last year. I have a buddy that works there. Got to go to one of those. But, man, if you have you ever watched uh, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship? I haven't wa- I've watched, like, you know, what is it? Uh, like when Kimbo Slice did his thing. But nothing yeah. nothing like championship now. Dude, it's it's a pretty cool thing. It's it's one of the faster growing MMA promotions, but no it's shit. just no gloves. Yeah, and, and these guys are killing each other. I saw something the other week in Russia where they lock two people in a phone booth, and it's whoever gets knocked out first. This guy got knocked out three times before the ref stopped it, and I'm like, they're just different over there. It's just a different breed, and it was just funny because the comments on Instagram. It was like, 
it was just like the dude clearly got knocked out yeah. three times and he's just like sleeping there did the, the other guy keep fighting yeah oh yeah yeah God. yeah the, it's until the door gets open to the phone booth shut up so it was like the, someone commented like the dude was trying to call him and went straight to voicemail <laughs> Jesus. like it was just brutal comments oh no dude so yeah, I, I've just been. Sometimes that stuff pops up on my feed, and I'm just like, "That's not safe." But they do a lot of crazy stuff. I saw like a bunch of women that were like slap boxing each other. You slap boxing? What if I? That's just asking for some CTE later. Yeah, you're just blatantly taking a hundred mile an hour slap to the face. You're like, "God damn!" No, thank you. I don't know. And they just shake it off like it's nothing. Yeah. Dude, I heard, man, I know it scares the shit out of me for, for brain shit. Like, I don't know, man. I feel like my brain's already going. I mean, that's the scariest thing, man, with, with uh, contact sports and, you know, all that. It's just you love what you're doing and you don't realize till it's too late. And I think that's the problem with a lot of professional sports. I've seen it. I've seen people... Here's the Change the real overnight. issue is that they don't understand that they don't have the opportunity for another outlet. And I'm not saying, dude, my hockey career was nothing. And I hate to bring it back continuously, but I was trying out for the ECHL, which is the East Coast League. And uh, their tryouts, training camp, go right up into like their first game. So like you right. have to make it. If you get a contract, your goal is to get on the roster. So I got a contract. So my next goal is to get in the roster. So, you know, you fight. And yeah. I, I was rooming with this. Well, not rooming. He was across the hall from me at the hotel. And he was like, dude, I'm against you this ne this next game. Um, if we get on the ice together, do you want to fight? I'm like, yeah, dude, whatever. So, <laughs> you know, I, I understood. He was pretty close. I already had one. Like, he's not going to kick me out of, of my spot. So, he, uh, so we fight. He knocked me out. Head at the ice. And... I was I, the only time I remember is waking up in the locker room being like, fuck. And it was there that I was like, all right, is this how I want my head to hurt every week, every day in, day out uh, and get used to that? Or thankfully at the time I was in the military and, and like I had some other options. So I was like, I think this is where I call it. But there are so many other players that don't, that don't that just don't have that option yeah and it sucks but the ones that you see that come from the echl the ahl up to the nhl you're like those guys are fucking they're not going anywhere once yeah. they make it they're fucking they're fucking staying because they're they're hardened criminals man they're fucking badass we used to love back home like 20 minutes from us we would go to there was a ahl team and we would, yeah yeah uh, the sound tigers yeah yeah and that that was always a fun time, and then you had the Hartford Wolf Pack, and I knew a couple Wolf of people Pack, that went right. through that. Yeah. yeah. So me and my buddies would always make a joke, like the Battle of Connecticut, like Wolf Pack Sound Tigers. But it, it was pretty cool, man. And and I even did that sometimes when uh, when I was in Dallas, we went to a lot of Stars games. Oh and, yeah, dude. And uh, we would sometimes go like if we were to spend a weekend in Austin, we would just get glass seats at the Texas Stars game. And we would just Texas bang stars, on the glass, oh, yeah. you know? So, I don't know, man. The AHL is always fun. And I think minor league baseball is cool, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to go see uh, 
the bananas, uh, the ones in Georgia. Yeah. What is it called? Oh man, Savannah bananas. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. Think... I don't really know what that what that's all about. It seems more like it's acting than it is like real it's, baseball. All right, so it's a different. This guy, the stories is a really paraphrased. He owned a minor league team. He's like, my attendance is fucking sucking. And he's like, I'm gonna take a chance on this idea of just rewriting the rules and making it make it a performance and entertainment. But at the same time, they still have a uh they still play baseball. Yeah. It's it's just more of a performance type thing. You can bring that mic back close, man. You didn't oh, have to stay hun- hunched I'm just, over. I'm just leaning back. All right. Yeah, it's a cool thing, man. I'd like to see that. Just for the entertainment. I mean, bottom line, in the 80s, 70s and 80s, the Flyers were for like infamous for this quote. It's Bobby Clark, I think it was, uh, or it might have been Prost, and he was like, he was like, a typical game of hockey is two and a half hours. He's like, these fans paid good fucking money, so if we don't give them three and a half, three and a half hours of fucking fun, don't even fucking come back in the soccer room again. And so it was just line brawls and fights and stupid shit, and there's. You know, that's it. That's what I that's what I want to make, not fighting, but that's how I feel about performing. Yeah. Like when when it's the band and I, like we we have fun, dude, and we have a lot of interaction with the crowd. There's a lot of people like cuz it's a, it's entertainment, it's performance. Right. Different than recording. I can't stand fucking It's an evolution like you have to mentally get through it, but like Man, I can't stand where veterans of the performing of like country music or any music just go out there and play it like it's recorded. Yeah, and I, I was talking to someone the other night, and even with you, you might have an answer for it too. It's like the guys who are playing every single night. There's no, there's got to be a point where they get where they just start to dislike playing their music, and I think that's where it might get tough too. It's just burning out because. Some of these guys are super talented and they put out what the radio wants to hear and and what people want to hear and they play it every night and you've got to get tired of that. I mean, you're playing it over and over again and that's what everyone wants, but what about the stuff that people haven't necessarily, you know? All right. There's two. I do have an answer for that. Number one, uh, you can take the anecdote of Cody Johnson, who was just at um, in Nashville, who gave this this kind of podcast, and he was saying that, you know, the last few years he did he's done 250 shows a year, and he's like, I'm fucking tired, and he made the same comment. He's like, when I when I come to the venue or whatever, and I'm like, I don't want to fucking be here. He's like, I have to take I have to take that in consideration. Be like, okay. What's going on? Why am I feeling so stressed out? And it's basically the same thing. Like you go through that in business though, right? Where you're like, okay, my value, I give my perceived value here and we have this many shows. Well, if I raise my value, I'm going to get less shows, but those less shows, I can put more energy into it. So the value is, is, is equated. Because you're going to get a better performance and a better time. So your ticket value goes up when you shorten how many shows you're going to do. And um, But 
if you're like a rock star and and you can just keep going day in day out and you have that pre-programmed uh rest and work day schedule um it probably doesn't get too bad i don't know never i haven't done that many like really really like sold out shows or anything the most right. many shows i've done was like 150 and that's in you know a typical weekend grind like thursday maybe to sunday so yeah. it's not it's like nothing to 250 i wouldn't know if, i wouldn't even be able to fucking touch that well you can even just tell i think um you know different people i've seen you can definitely get that vibe from um last year i went and saw tyler childers at red rocks and with him it's like no bullshit like he just goes from one song to the next doesn't address the crowd and plays what he wants to play he didn't play his hits he just played what he wanted to yeah, play i heard everybody and was people upset. are you know but but that's who he is i mean he plays two shows a year and that's it and they sell out really quick and people want to hear certain things but for him i think it's just about the music and if you want me to play i'll play but it's gonna be what i want to play I don't Man. know if I necessarily agree with the mentality, but I understand it from an artist's perspective. You put so much time into all this music and one song takes off and the rest of the music sits there. And I think for, for some people, it's like they want to dig up the old ones that people never got the chance to listen to during the buildup, you know? It's so tough. Because, <laughs> again... Red Rocks is also like, it's Red Rocks. Like, yeah. I, I feel like there is an extent of people enjoying it but, like, I don't understand how people go to Red Rocks for an EDM show. Okay. Like, you're si you're standing on a rock. Like, I'm, not, well, hey, I'm hold not on. trying to fall down that Hold way. on. Just remember, they're probably high as shit. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> that, I mean, you're in the middle of fucking the rocks, man. You're in the middle of a, a national park, like, trying to, and you're just like, this is fucking best. Look at all the sky. Look at, like. It's amazing. It's one yeah. of the best venues I've ever seen. How fucking, I really would love to play that. Oh, dude. I mean, that should Who be wouldn't? on everybody's, yeah. everybody's list. It's, it's an incredible place, but anywhere, like, that would be a dream, like, having somewhere that you can just have people play every single night, and they want to be there. And dude, right? It's just an experience I mean, itself. it doesn't matter if it's a Monday, Tuesday, or a Saturday. It's like, people travel to Colorado to go there. Yeah. It's not like it's right out. I mean, it is close to Denver, obviously. It's like 30 minutes, but... People are making a day out of it, and it's that's a, pretty cool. It's an attraction. It's an attraction. How many other venues do you know that are a tourist attraction? Not much. Maybe the Ryman. The Opry. And the Opry, yeah, right. But other than that, it's like. I uh, love the Ryman, man. I go to a lot of shows there, and I've just, it seems like it's always a lot of tourists, but like, man, the Ryman, the sound is just incredible. My buddy, uh, my other guitarist just got a job at Old Red running sound. Yeah, and they have great sound there. Old, Old Red is owned by, well, Marriott owns like fucking everything. They own the Old Red, the Opry, and uh, the Ryman. So, like, his, he's like, usually, he's like, usually what they say they want to do is like, you know, move people up the ladder. So, yeah. like, he's like, I'm, I really want to do the Ryman, like, run sound the Ryman. Like, fuck yeah, man, that'd be cool as shit. Yeah. yeah, no, the Ryman, the Ryman's a special place, and so is the Opry. I've been to the Opry once. Um, I haven't been to either. I probably should. Yeah, I, I mean, the Opry was definitely cool, but the Opry, the Opry is definitely more touristy than the Ryman, even though they're both touristy. But 
Like, I, I had a great time. Me and my buddy went to go see um, Turnpike. Troubadours? And, yeah. No and shit. I'm a big Turnpike guy. Like, uh, Texas country is, like, something that... You, just the red dirt scene and all that is just something I'm really into. And uh, Turnpike's one of my favorites by far. But just seeing them play a sold-out show at the Ryman after everything that, you know, Evan's been through and everything that that band has been through over the years and coming back into touring and... Man, they sound better than ever now that he's sober, and it's just really cool to see a band come back and sell out their first night. At you know, I mean, obviously it's Turnpike; they're gonna yeah, sell yeah. it out. But I mean, those tickets were not cheap. They were twelve. Some of them were like thousand dollars, twelve hundred bucks. Damn. So I bought them a year, in, like almost a year in advance. I think. Let me ask you this: if they had, if they played the whole show. You know they're they're having a new album come out, if, right? Or they didn't release it yet, did they? I don't no, think so. I don't no, believe yeah. so. Uh, if they had a if they that whole show was new songs, you know none of the words. Would you enjoy it? I mean, for someone like me, because I think we'd listen to music differently. Um, you would enjoy instead of. Enjoy, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't enjoy it more than I would knowing the jams. I think this is the difference when you were asking about like that. Is there's a performance. And then there's actually playing, you know? So, like, you, you don't pay tickets to hear the songs. You're paying tickets for the experience and the performance. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, like, new songs that nobody's heard before are fucking awesome. So you can appreciate them. But I don't know if I'd pay that much money when I want the experience, when I want the event, you know? Yeah, and it's funny. I, I went uh, when I was in Pittsburgh. Um, me and my girlfriend went on that Monday. So after the Steelers game, we went and saw Zach Bryan. And mm. Zach Bryan's somebody that I listen to a lot. And I know people have different opinions or whatever. But um, that was my f- fifth time seeing Zach. And I've seen him in Alabama. I've seen him in Tennessee. I've seen him. I'm seeing him in a few places. But. What's crazy to me is going to a show a year ago because it got posted the day after I went. It was a year ago that I was in Birmingham when he played. That show to me was so much cooler because it, while it was seven or eight hundred people, which one, Birmingham? Or? Yeah. Okay. While it was seven or eight hundred people, compared to when in Pittsburgh it was about five thousand. Every single person in there screamed every word in Birmingham. When we were in Pittsburgh, I felt like it was a little different. Maybe it's where we were standing, but I kept thinking that to myself because he's released so much music recently that it, not not everyone can know it all. You know, as much as we all like to listen to Zach and he has very loyal fans and whatever, you can't know every word to every song. But back back when he started touring, you kind of did because it took him a few years to get cleared from the Navy and to get on the road. Oh, right, right, And right. so people yeah. were listening to his music for a while before he announced his tour. And so it's just a different experience. For me, I'd rather be in a more, even though 800 people is not intimate, it's like a, a more intimate setting where you can just like, it was a really cool experience just being able to let loose and like know everything and just everyone was screaming and singing and it was just different, Dude, man. That's, it yeah. was different. And, and yeah, I mean... He played. I can't remember where he played here in Nashville, but he played down at. Uh, he played in Franklin uh, just a few weeks Not ago. Not recently. It was a year ago. He played. 
marathon maybe uh-huh. but yeah it, it was one of those venues and it was just a cool it was a cool experience man um i think same th- that i love the basement for that reason oh i haven't played there i haven't been there i've seen pictures and that and exit in are like two two venues that are really uh like almost staples now I feel. yeah i saw uh chase mcdaniel there a couple of weeks ago and he's mm. great he's a, i'm so, you know just happy that he's doing what he's doing right now so yeah do do you so back to that like artist like between tyler childers playing his new stuff oh man i i think i think that nails it right with your zach bryan uh story i don't know yeah, but Childers is going to do what Childers wants to do. I mean, that's he's on he's unapologetically him. He would be the definition of that if you can put someone on there. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I and get a lot that. of people in Nashville are not fans of that. You know, they they don't like the West Virginia scene or the Texas scene. And there's no scene in West Virginia. I played in West Virginia. There is, there oh, is. West not. Virginia definitely has its own. They have their own like Appalachian style thing going on right now. There's a few guys down. Uh, maybe right now, I guess you say. But if you look, there's a YouTube channel called Radio WV. Yeah, and they put on all local West Virginia guys, and they're they're pretty. Is most of it like bluegrass style? Yeah, yeah a lot yeah, of it. Yeah. But yeah. I I just love that kind of sound. I think everybody's different, but for me, it's yeah. just I I love lyrics, and you know sometimes I feel like when you put full production in a band on Um, a stage it's a lot harder for people who haven't heard something to understand what you're saying um and it's a weird thing that i've realized doing the acoustic rounds when it's acoustic people can really hear you and they understand the story behind it sometimes when you're on stage it gets drowned out by everything around you or people are super excited and they get more drunk than they normally would and and they just don't it doesn't have the same factor so something i've been trying to do is bring these rounds you know nationally um just because i think it's everybody likes to just sit and listen to what people have to say and why they wrote it and then next thing you know it's on the radio and that is cool you know, I, that, that it's is just different that is something that i appreciate about the rounds uh i mean we're uh what what is it now four months uh when's may june july august september yeah we're four months in and i mean Rounds are just completely different than anything else, and you don't get that anywhere except Nashville, and they're really cool. Yeah, yeah. it's just it's a great concept, and I don't know. Even just showcasing local artists in different cities would be cool, but being able to bring artists from here on the road, like they came here in order to get their music heard, and I feel like if that's a way that people will gravitate towards it. I think a lot of people feel a personal connection when you're sitting right in front of them, and it's just you and a guitar. When it's a whole band, it's like, you know, nobody wants to approach you and talk to you about it or ask you about your music or whatever. But, you know, especially with our round, what I've really enjoyed is like people come and play it. We book really good talent. They get off the stage and they want to stay and listen. Um, yeah. And just hear who else is playing and, you know, talk with people. And, you know, this week we had a cool one with the round and it was just, uh, I don't know. It was people putting money in tip jars and stuff like that. And, you know, that's a difficult one because I feel like not a lot of rounds have tip jars. We don't normally, but they brought their own cup and threw it in there. And, it, you know, it's just cool when people gravitate towards 
something that somebody spent a lot of time working on. What? Uh, how old is uh, the doghouse one? The, the round? Com- yeah. We started it, I believe, in February. Oh, okay. Yeah. So not too long, but... Where do you want to take it? Do you want to take it nationally? Like have it have like a country connected tour and then have featured artists like in, in different regions of where, you know, let's say you take Garrett. Where's Garrett Biggs from? Uh, so Garrett's from KZ, Illinois. Okay. So let's so say you did, you did the whole Midwest with him and then you go out the West coast and do something like that. Yeah. There, that's something we've been discussing. We're actually in the works of trying to put something together in terms of doing like a college takeover. Go oh, do that college dope. towns, yeah. bring different bands on the road, do, you know, three shows a week at somewhere that's already busy and just kind of like, you know, tour around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff coming up. I know it's difficult right now with football season and stuff with Doghouse. So we got a couple of things we have to work out on that end and just figure out what makes sense. Um, as far as keeping it there? Yeah, yeah, Just or just changing the day or whatever it might be. It's just difficult. Like Mondays yeah. in itself are tough anyway. Um, just because you get a lot of people that are just coming off the road. Um, and their voices are shot or they, you know, drank too much over the weekend or whatever the case may be. And their voice isn't there and they can't commit to doing a Monday or, you know, whatever the case may be. Mondays can be pretty tough. Um, so we're just trying to figure that out. That's why Wednesdays are going to be, you know, our thing with Joyride And yeah, yeah, we want to pick that up and try to, you know, start something for them. So I love it, man. Yeah, we've just been grinding away. What do you uh what's like next for you down here other than so you got your you got your venue that you want to create. You got your new rounds. What is a how do you how, how do you see the transition from like, you know, kind of this uh to transition to this lifestyle brand? Um, I, I mean, I think we're becoming more and more recognized here. I think it started with, you know, just word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, really helped us. And, you know, people getting hats and buying merch has really helped and just tagging us and things. I think obviously like promoting promoting an event every week and attaching a name to it has helped. Um, but, I mean, in terms of just building a brand, I want it to – I mean, we we have so many different things between giveaways t- for, you know, shows and things like that and tickets and opportunities to meet, you know, meet and greets and stuff like that that we're waiting on. You know, we're kind of holding for a little bit. But I think like our goal right now is to try to get in as many venues as we can and kind of lay the framework and make it more of like a takeover than it would just be like a ticketed event like I'm going to see this person play. I'm paying X amount of money. Like we want to make it an environment that's fun. And in order to do that, I think it takes something from our side and our team. Like right now we're building a team, you know? Right. Yeah. So we build a team that's all in on it. And I feel like we can make it fun for everybody else there. Um, And we're just, you know, it's a small, small little thing right now. And, I just I see the opportunities being endless, especially with the name and everything. I think it's just 
the branding is there. It's just about getting people to buy into what we're doing. And yeah. So we've done a bunch of things. I mean, we've done big, bigger events. We've done smaller events. We've done everything in between. So now have, it's just. Have you done a whiskey jam takeover yet? No, we haven't. That would be awesome. But we have not. I mean, our, our rounds are on Monday. So. Oh, shit. Well, that, that was another thing I was going to bring up. Mondays are tough because you've got Whiskey Jam, you've got Live Oak, you've got, you know, everybody has something. So I th Yeah, <clears throat> as I do, as I agree with what you're saying, I think you've got a good thing rolling to where, man, if you find that right groove, Mondays could be yours, you know? Yeah, well we'll see be right now just because of football season it's difficult i mean monday nights are tough to take away from people so yeah as much as we're trying to make this thing grow i think that we might have to move the day and and figure it out from there i really haven't checked my phone yet so we'll see what do you uh, mean releasing here first i don't know what do you mean no, I, I just oh. had got a text before we started the podcast oh. about, about moving it, but I just haven't checked it yet. So That makes sense. But, I mean, at this point, you kind of have to go with what you think makes sense. And, and, again, like we're starting something new, and, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and we'll take it somewhere else. So Yeah, that's true. But they've been good to us, and, you know, we we've been trying to build something there. So Yeah. All right, man. So I got one last question as far as yep. now. What does living the dream mean to you? I mean, for me, living the dream is doing is just setting goals and achieving goals. And, uh, you know, I, I think that you're happiest when you are able to achieve the things that you want to do. Um, I, I can't really... I've been very lucky to say that I've been doing what I love to do since I was working, you know, except I had a small hiccup. I worked at McDonald's, did not, you know, but it was the best job I ever had. You know, it was the thing that taught me the most. Day shift or night shift? Day shifts. And we were lucky because we didn't have a drive through. What? So I just. Were like, you in a mall or something? No, it was just the last one in, in Connecticut, I think, that didn't have a drive through. What? Damn. So it was, just, <laughs> but yeah, I, I worked there as my first job in high school and like, man, just learning people's stories like that worked with me was something that is invaluable. So I think just taking that job was important, but in terms of living the dream, like doing what makes you happy to the most extent that you can and everybody can do something that makes them happy regardless of the situation that you're in it, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be monetary you know like just do what makes you happy and the you know people will see that you're doing it so don't get discouraged there's a lot of people with negative things to say but I, I would say that for me I've never looked into that too much I just I'm excited about what we're building and I'm just living it now it's hard to tell what it is while you're doing it right yeah well that's that's the whole point of trying to get this podcast rolling because like how many times have you heard somebody that blows up and and then they're they get so busy they forget to appreciate the moment yeah and it's like no and, you know like oh those were the good old days like 
Well, no, you're in it. Like you're always in it. As long as you think you have the mindset of that, you're in it. And it's, yeah, man. I mean, there, there's always, and that's another thing. There's always going to be positive and negatives to everything. I mean, once you get to the point where you're super busy and you're doing it and you're making it happen, you're always going to have things that you're not going to necessarily be around the people you love all the time. You're not going to be around, you know, your friends. You're not going to be able to just have a night to yourself and watch a movie. Sometimes those things need to be sacrificed in order to get to where you need to be. And once you're there, you might not even have them back, but that's a big part of what we're, we're doing. Right. I mean, you got to travel comes with it and being on the road and, and all that, but, you just it could always be worse you know what do you think uh the hardest thing about like what's the hardest thing that you've had to sacrifice or let go so far i don't know man i guess uh i've gotten so used to just not having my own free time um and i don't know if i even look at it as a sacrifice anymore but everything i do i look at it from a business perspective i don't look at it from like you know, it's funny. I always tell my friends, I'm like, let's go out and network tonight. It's like, as cliche as that sounds, because Nashville, I mean, we all joke about it. It's like going out and like, it just seems like everyone's trying too hard sometimes. But like when you're really trying to go out and just have a good time, I feel like that's when you meet the right people. And I've got certain friends around me that like when we go around, for some reason, we just meet whoever we need to meet. And... uh I don't know. It's just cool. I I think for me, I've sacrificed everything I've sacrificed. Hasn't been that it's kind of almost like it's sacrificing things that I needed to sacrifice, you know, as much as it made me like comfortable and content, like it was things that I just don't need in my life. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. I mean, even just moving, I was so comfortable in Dallas, but I had to do it. I had to get out of there. Um, yeah. How about moving uh, the other week? Or was it the other day, actually, right? So I'm still not done. I actually have to go move my beds and stuff after this. Um, what are you moving out of and moving into? So I moved out of a apartment I had downtown on uh, church. Damn. So I was living like a block and a half from Tootsie's. Yeah. Um, and I realized I'm paying a lot of rent, and I've gone to Broadway like twice. Um, so I moved out of there, uh, and I, I got a house in uh, hermitage, um, you know, in a nice little neighborhood and it's just a little further outside and I can have my own space. And I think for me, like, I'm sure you know this too. It's like, I travel so much and I've started to feel that living in an apartment for the last six years started to feel like a glorified hotel room. Um, I didn't, I just, I, I always heard the neighbors. I heard the dogs. I heard everything. And I was just like, when can I, I just need my own space where I don't have to hear anything. I don't want to. Um, so I need it out. Uh, and yeah, I've just been slowly moving because right now the housing market's so crazy that it was like, if you want to, you know, get in, you have to do it now. So the day, the minute of, Right. So I, I, st- I had to pay rent, you know, one extra month. And so I've been slowly moving stuff back and forth. And then yeah. today I'm supposed to turn my keys in, but I'm still not moved out. It's been four weeks. So 
Just be like, here, it's just funny. here are the keys everything's, you gave Everything's me. cleaned up and ready to yeah. go. It's just like, I, I don't know, man. I just, it is what it is, but yeah. I don't know. I'm just happy about having a place to myself and being able to have friends over and have a backyard and a grill and, you know, just sit there and watch football. So, yeah. Well, that's some of your me time then. Yeah. No, that's definitely, that's one thing that will always stay. You know, I'm I'm not going to give up my fantasy football for anything. No? No. No, man, you got it. You have to have some normalcy in life. For, for sure. me, it's like I just I love just I could watch any football game except this Monday night was terrible. Was it Monday Sunday night? Sunday night was garbage. Oh, well. Broncos and uh, don't worry uh, about that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know who else, but whoever it was, it was just a game of punters. So oh, okay. Um, it was the Broncos and. Uh, yeah. Chargers? Uh I can't remember. But Dude, yeah, it, I was, I was, was half dead on Sunday. No, it was just a it was a terrible boring. Game. Yeah, boring game. And that was like one of the only football games that my girlfriend watched and she was like this is incredible. <laughs> this she's, is what you like? This is like, what you like, Elliot? <laughs> this is incredible. No, she was like this is incredible. I'm like what do you mean? I'm like this is the worst game I've ever watched. She's like are you kidding me? And I was like if only you should start watching football. If you enjoy that, yeah, what? Well, did she say why she liked it? No, she had just watched the Manti Teo documentary. Oh so, my god! So she was just like, I think that guy kind of resembles him. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't know him, but maybe. Have you? Uh, have you watched it? I have un- not. Is that untold or something like that? It's nuts, dude. Because it, I gotta watch it. Though. Have you heard the story? Yeah, the basic story. There's still some stuff where you're like, that's kind of weird. But basically, this guy's go. This guy goes to college, falls in love with this catfish who yeah. never shows his her real face. All FaceTime is always in a dark room, all that shit. And you're like, you went. I think the biggest part of it is that for me, he had a, a girlfriend. It's fine. He <laughs> didn't fuck anybody for four years or two years, what whatever it was, like. Where did he go to school? Notre Dame. So I guess you could get away with it. Maybe. Notre Dame's not fucking. Dude, Catholic me. girls are the sluttiest. What are you talking about? Everybody Notre knows Dame that. is not fucking. No, it's not. It's cold. But I mean, he, she. Uh, I believe they said that she lived in California. Like his catfish said, I'm from California. So like, I don't know. I just being a guy, I'm like. All right. Yeah. I don't know. You can't not do that. I don't. can't be so focused on football. Man, he was just living the dream, wasn't he? Maybe. It was a real dream. Oh, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) that's absolutely sure. Yeah, you should get Manti Teo on here next. Yeah. Yeah, Let me just call him up. Yeah, Manti. Dude. Yeah, life's funny that way. But, brother, I appreciate you uh, having me on. Uh the round every now and then yeah man and uh uh dude gotta make it happen again yeah after this i like to play do you like rock country like what kind of country you like i like i i went like i said i really do like everything just like music yeah i want to play i want to play these songs that we got coming out shortly or at least two of them yeah if you got time yeah see what you think of them 
Let's do it. All right, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. Yeah, and, uh, appreciate you having me. Getting the time to do it. And hopefully we'll reconnect again soon. Yeah, dude, for sure. And uh, yeah, brother. Do you have anything coming up soon? Dude, I actually, like, not as far as a round or what? Or I mean, just playing somewhere? Or? I mean, we got some, you know, rounds every now and then. And uh, I'm playing I at know, a I lot. saw you were playing at the Palace recently, right? Yeah, yeah. That was the last month. Dude, so weird, all right? I, I don't know. But I'm thankful. I'll just say that I'm thankful for the shows that I did get. Yeah. Um, they're they're cool. Doc's was fun, too. Doc Holidays. We've yep, been down. I've been, been there. there. Lots of fun. Everybody there is is. It's cool. Um, yep. But yeah, I'm uh, working on more Sweet. band show stuff. Band show, you know, to get out and not. Um, but our next big show is going to be Thanksgiving Eve. It, was Thanksgiving Eve a big one for Connecticut? Did you guys go out and celebrate? Yeah. 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 Down that here. Was, that was the big night for us. And it doesn't seem like it's everywhere. No, dude. It, I might just be that North Atlantic thing or something, but. Yeah, I come down here or we ask people anywhere else. They're like, that's never been celebrated. So that was a, that was the second biggest night. It was uh, New Year's, Thanksgiving Eve. When I moved to Dallas, it took me by surprise. There's They go out the day of. Oh, like the night of? So they eat and then they go out at night. That makes sense, too. I, dude, I eat way too much food to be in public. But I, th I think the idea behind that, that's <laughs> funny, that. being in public. I think the <laughs> idea behind that is that you eat early enough to where you'll take a nap and then be ready to go because you're with family. I think that whole idea for me is that like you're with family or with friends that like are coming back in. Um, yeah. And, and that's just a perfect time. See the way the way ours worked though we didn't we would usually do like a later <laughs> sorry uh, a what a later uh, dinner so like it wasn't it was like six five thirty six o'clock yeah but with my family it was like I have one cousin that's pretty close in age and then my sister is the closest to me in age I'm the youngest in the whole family and so I think it was just like. It would be weird for me to go out with my friends because I know that my cousins and stuff wouldn't. So it's like you don't just like leave. You know what I mean? Like I feel like because people go out, out on Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. People go out on Thanksgiving with their family. And like my family's not like that. So I feel that. Yeah. I don't know. Thanksgiving Eve, though, definitely because we would wake up and that would be like our one meal was like the hangover meal. So, dude, I, I love it. Uh, we I can't. Yeah, we played it. Ever since I found out about it, we've played it, uh, I guess, the last four years. Yeah. Um, it's been so much fun. And so we got a, a we got big one that uh, in our area where we're from that we're going to announce. So it's going to be it's going to be fun. Other than that, man, we're just trying to find trying to trying to build that team, dude. Right. Trying yep. to build that team, find people That's that step can, one that believe in us and like can help us uh, get our shit. Finding cover band gigs is not hard. Right. We I've done that time and time again. It's not hard, but it's like, you know, finding the gigs that where you can be an opener or you can go do your shit somewhere else that that's what you're that's looking for. That's the important stuff because you're, you're not, you don't want your career to be playing covers. No. Like if it was about the money, I tried to tell, you know, we drove down, we were up in PA for shows this weekend 
and I was driving down with Tony, my one guitarist, and he's like, he's in this, he's in this life uh, dilemma where he's trying to decide like, money's always an issue, right? Like, like if you're worried about money, that's what you're going to focus on. I'm like, look, he doesn't know what he wants to do down here. And I'm like, the first few months that we moved down, like you, I have to be as the band leader or whatever, I have to be uh, like clear that they need to make money. So like, and we don't, we all agree. We don't want to do cover band shit. So they got to find jobs. They got to find other people to play with and get it. And he's, he's like, I don't know if I want to play like what I want to do because this shit is boring. Like, but when we play yeah. our own shows, it's fun. I'm like, get it. It's tough. It's a tough dilemma to be right between it, but it's a, so we're just, we're just trying to find people think it money. People think that, uh, when you're in this industry, it's like in the outside, all they see is money. Like how much money are you making? How much is like, but this is really a, a discipline, a career of fulfillment. So yep. like, how can you get the most fulfilled for, for your time? It's a tough part. Yeah. It's a grind. Yeah, dude. But yeah. So we're looking for that. Hopefully we'll find it and just want to fucking kick down some doors while we're playing, you know? Yep. I get it, man. Yeah. We got to do it. Yeah. Just fun. Day at a time. That's how we started it. That's how we'll end it. Right. All right. <laughs> Love you. Bye.